0: If your podcast pitch starts with, hey, I recently discovered your podcast XYZ, then you need to start over. Let me tell you what to do instead for your clients. Hey, everyone, I'm Emily Reagan and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Hey, before I forget, this episode comes with a fun little freebie for you. If you go to emilyreaganpr.com pitch, that's in the show notes, so don't sweat it you will be able to download my podcast tracker. And this will help you stay organized when it comes to your pitching efforts for clients. You'll be able to quickly glance and see what your status is, what podcasts have been released. It will just help you stay organized. It's so important. And then your client can be able to use it too. It's all in a Google sheet. Go to emilyreaganpr.com pitch. You'll just make a copy for yourself and you'll be able to get to work right away with a pitching service. Hey everyone, it's Emily Reagan here. I don't know if you knew this, but in my past life before I had babies, back when I had a regular 9 to 5 job, I worked in public relations. I actually had two high-level positions where I did PR for nonprofits, and it was really fun and I loved working with the media. I loved using my journalism skills. I loved writing, I loved getting press coverage, and also I wasn't just the one to do the sound bites and the stories. I would hook up journalist with other people on our boards other different people from our associations to talk to them so i was really good at like connecting the journalist with someone else who could be a source so it didn't have to be me every time and that was kind of fun because i didn't really need the spotlight i didn't need to be on camera all the time just being the one talking so it's a great fit for me and what's really cool in this online space One of the things I see a lot of online business owners needing help with, especially the course creators and the influencers, is they need help with the media pitching. And they usually want someone who knows their business really well, who can reach out to the media and just take over this part of their business. Because everybody's being told right now to increase their visibility and get on stages and get on podcasts and get on online publications and electronic media. And it's so much work to do this. So I'm seeing a lot of job opportunities come through my hire where The business owner is looking for a unicorn who can also help with the pitching. And here's the thing. You do not need to have any PR experience. You do not have to have any kind of degree. Anybody who can write, who has common sense and a good mind for this can help a business owner do this part of their job. It could actually be 100% the only service you offer, like your solo service. I even have a VIP day based on helping clients for one day write their pitches get their press kit together, get their media page together, and iron all of that out and find some podcasts. And that's just a service that I know is so needed. And I probably don't have enough students who know how to do this. So in my recent training for my membership site, which is the Digital Media VA work group, our training was about how to pitch for clients because it's a service that is so in demand right now. If you can do this and do it well and have any kind of track record and know how to write and connect with the media, you could be doing this for work. And I love it because it blends in the unicorn talent, the unicorn skill set, a little bit of techie things when it comes to graphic design or building some landing pages and whatnot, but mostly copywriting, mostly organization, and this ability to connect and nurture and build relationships with people. That's what PR is. So don't be intimidated by this. We're going to dive into how you can help your clients pitch. I'm not giving you the whole work group training here. If you are interested in joining the work group and getting monthly trainings like this that help you with your services with clients, especially if you're in the unicorn realm, I encourage you to click on the show notes you can apply, and we'll see if we're a good fit, right? So today, we're just going to talk about three main things you could be doing to help your clients pitch and help with this type of work. Now, first of all, I do want to cover a little bit about what makes a good pitch and what makes a bad pitch. Coming from journalism school, you learn about these five news values. Timeliness, proximity, conflict and controversy, that was one, human interest, and relevance. Let me say that again, timeliness, proximity, controversy, human interest, and relevance. So if you can hit any of those news values with your story idea and your pitch, it's like a no-brainer for the editor, for the beat reporter, for the podcast host, because they're looking for those topics. They want something that's timely. They want something that's relevant to their audience. And anytime it is of human interest, that helps. But sometimes that can be a little bit self-promotey. But anytime it's conflict and controversy and somebody is kind of saying something on the polar extreme and saying something new and a little bit out there, that always does well too. So you can help your clients get visible within the media when you hit these news values and journalists, editors, reporters, news producers, they're swamped. They need help getting good stories out there. And they can take your idea and package it so it's something that their audience wants. They might combine your client as a source for a story. They might do some kind of roundup where they include them. Or maybe they do a 100% human interest story on your client. I mean, that's more on the rare side. But if you could tie it into what's happening in the real world, You have a better shot in being in the the real journalism outlets. Podcasting is a little bit lighter, but you still need to be relevant and timely with your topics. So it's really the client's job to have their speaking topics. Your job is to find a little bit of that angle and that way to sell them, to sell it to the journalist. So there's three reasons why pitches get rejected in general. They're not personalized. The timing is bad. Editors already have a plan. Maybe they've already covered a similar topic. Maybe they have something coming up with that topic. Or maybe it's too lengthy of a pitch and they couldn't get through it. Those three reasons are the top reasons pitches get rejected. Not personalized, bad timing, too lengthy. You can control two out of three of them. You can control the lengthiness. You can control whether the editor can hone in on the topic and decide quickly whether to book. You can control that. You cannot be too wordy and add too many documents and attachments and links and whatnot. You can also control, as a freelancer, whether it's personalized or not. And that's what we're talking about today. The three things you can do for media pitching with clients. Number one, you can help your clients find the podcast and find the online publications where they will actually be included, where there's actually guest interviews, and they have the highest chance of visibility. You can be doing all of that research as a virtual assistant or freelancer, teammate, whatever we want to call ourselves. I know it's such a hard name sometimes, and that's why I like unicorn. You can be doing the research. You can be looking in iTunes. You can be stalking out competition. You can be looking at other people's pressed pages and see what podcasts they've been on and what's been a good fit. You can do that research because it's so important to put your time and effort into podcasts that are actually taking guests. You can find the online publications where they are including similar type sources to your client. And you just have to do a little bit of the homework. Your client is lacking the time right now and they want that off their plate. So It's really good practice, say, for podcast pitching. You zero in on a couple podcasts, and you listen in, and you take notes. You want to be able to give your client an idea of what that podcaster is all about, what their mission, their values are, what their core offers are, and then taking any kind of notes that will help you personalize the experience. So when you write the pitch, you can have that connection and that commonality. So I like to have a Google document where I take notes, and I say, Chrissy likes to wakeboard. Emily always has bloopers at the end of her podcast that no one ever hears and they always think they're mistakes. Hint, hint. Rick, he loves his bullet coffee. So those notes can help when it comes time to writing the pitch and can help your client when they're actually booked feel like they know the podcast host already. So you will be listening and doing the homework, and you will essentially be creating a pre-interview resource document, and you'll use this to prep for the interview, but also to prepare you for the pitch. So number one, help your client by doing the homework and the research. Not a super sexy job, but it is so important and sets you up for a successful pitch. Number two, You can be doing the applying straight up without your client involved at all with all of these online forms. Yes, many podcasts have ways to submit to be a guest. Sometimes they call them like guesting applications, but you could do that 100% without your client being involved at all. You could have your client's bio, their pictures and headshots, their speaking topics, you can have all of those components that go in a good pitch. And you could just be copying and pasting it into the form application. So you can submit it and get it going without them at all. Now, what I suggest is taking a screenshot of those forms, because you don't always get a copy of them. You don't always get the duplicate version after you submit it, so you want to remember what your responses are, and then you don't have to reinvent the wheel every time you have a similar form that might ask the same question. Those forms are really time-consuming. You're doing your client a huge favor. And it's very administrative, but they need somebody who can think on their feet and give the best answer that really helps sell them as a speaker. And that's not just Joe Blow off the street. That's somebody like you, a unicorn who is capable of writing, who is capable of thinking strategically and giving those best answers in a very personal way. I suggest writing them like you are your client. Put their email in or you you can use your admin email, but write it like it's them, first person. And that personalization, again, is one of those things you can control. And that's why pitches get rejected when it seems very formulaic, it seems impersonal, and it seems like not a customized topic for the medium. The form process makes it really, really easy. And a lot of podcast hosts do this, especially because they're taking in a lot of applicants and they want it on automation, or maybe they'll sit down every month, every week and go through the forms and decide who is the best fit. And it's those podcast guests that are a little bit more organized who do that. And it just makes things easier for some of us when we're doing the applying. So it feels like a quick win. You could say, I did those five forms in one week and you can set goals like that. Not every podcast host has a form and this is when you'll actually be having to write the pitch, which is what we talk a lot about inside my work group training, how to actually write the good pitch that is customized for that certain medium. Hey, this podcast is sponsored by my very own GIF and sticker making workshop. Turn your clients' videos into GIFs design branded stickers for Instagram stories, and master the art of making your own GIF for promo emails. This is fun unicorn magic that we can do behind the scenes easily for our clients. The workshop is one hour, just $17.99. The link is in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash GIF workshop. That's G-I-F workshop. Back to the show. When you're doing your research definitely look for those easy wins and those form applications. Now, sometimes you'll find online publications where you can submit blogs or you can apply to be a contributing writer. The same type of principle can apply in that realm. But I think for the most part, When it comes to TV news and journalists, you could be doing your research as far as finding the emails. A lot of TV news might have a form where you submit your ideas. You can go that realm, although a personal connection with a reporter and an email is always better. But you might start with the form it will go to the news desk. It could possibly land in the hands of the producer. It could land in the story idea file or it could get forwarded to a reporter. So it can't hurt to do those TV news forms as well. And you might see that for online publications as well. My third tip for you today involves writing a standout subject line. And I have a couple options for you not to do. Don't put in your subject line guest application story idea, segment idea for XYZ podcast. Your subject line needs to stand out and make a very, very busy person of the media want to open it. So how are you going to create curiosity? What are some things you could do that make somebody think, what is this? I can't wait to read it. Also, really good practice is to use some kind of connection in the subject line because that will also make an editor, a reporter, or a podcast host or producer open it. When they see that you have a mutual friend, you have something in common, maybe somebody sent you their way, that will make them want to open it because they don't want to disappoint that person. So yeah, you can do a little bit of name dropping. But those personal connections and relationships, that's what people people are always wanting to build their network and keep their friends happy and look out for one another. So if it's a true connection, you could use that in the subject line. I 100% recommend you do that if you have one. We don't always have one. So sometimes that connection can be more like a commonality, something in common. Maybe you invoke curiosity by bringing up something the podcast host said at one point or another on their show, on one of their shows. The same thing would work for a beat reporter. I think you would invoke curiosity by referencing something they've already covered, maybe going further beyond that, using just straight up data that's shocking. Something like that would be really good for a subject line. And subject lines don't come easy, but I absolutely do not want to see you doing a boring one because that's gonna get tossed right away. It's gonna come across as A generic. It's going to come across like this podcast pitch or this media pitch was sent to everybody. So absolutely do not do that. Now, when you're emailing them, little bonus tip, I would email from your business owner's account. I would write the pitch, have them add their little jazz to it, send it from their email account, whether that's an info or hello or their actual Email account, that's one thing, but I would not send it on their behalf. I would have it written first person from them, just like you would fill out the form. So it's more personal, right? And the reply, whatever, that can go to the info box. That's not a big deal. But that first person connection is what's going to help. We all know that our clients aren't at that level where they're like too good for their own bridges. And I feel like podcast pitches coming from A, someone with a different email address, a third party, or a lower level assistant just don't look good. I would much rather see it written as if the business owner sent it, as if your client sent it. Inside that email, don't have any attachments. Use links. Editors don't want lots of attachments. They don't want big files and they're not going to click on them. So have links there as an option. If anything, Your email is going to have the pitch written just like a regular email. It's not going to have the pitch inside a a document. It's not going to be all formatted crazy. It's going to be simple. It's going to be short. Remember, editors don't like lengthy pitches, and you're going to get to the point in there. Now, involve your clients. You'll get better at writing pitches. And the more you see and the more you're aware of and the more you learn, you'll get better and better at that. And it's such a refinement process. Like you'll send out pitches. You might not hear anything. That's okay. Don't take it personal. Remember, editors are busy. Reporters are super busy. And they don't respond in the negative. And whenever you don't hear a response, just think of it as a not right now. Crickets aren't actually a bad thing. I always like to put in my pitches like, hey, if you ever need a source relating to this topic, like I'm your girl, I can help, like it's okay. And you want to end on what's called a soft pitch rather than a hard pitch. You want to end on a soft close rather than some kind of hard salesy close. And that's what I like to do. So if you're in my work group, please go listen to my training on how to actually write the pitch. I think you'll find it invaluable and it will open up your doors to more work and scooping up some of the clients you see asking for help inside our Facebook group. And I don't want you to be scared of pitching. This is something you can totally do. It's not this like it's an art, right? You're refining it, you're getting better at it. It's not guaranteed success, it's hard, but bottom line, you're taking the work off your client's plate and you're able to help them. This is a big part of their strategy for getting new clients, for attracting new leads, and for making money. And if you can help them get booked on podcasts and get exposure in media, kudos to you. It just makes you even more of a unicorn. These three tips will really help you. Once again, it's paying attention to that subject line, writing something that really makes somebody want to click and open. It's doing your homework and doing the research and finding those podcast and media opportunities for your client. I love it so much and I have seen both sides of the spectrum. I know what it's like to be working on a newspaper staff and needing good story ideas and needing sources and connections. I have worked in TV news for a very short while and business is so dependent on people feeding us ideas and tips and whatnot. So you could be doing this for your client hands down. All right. Connect with me over on Instagram. I love, love, love the screenshots of you guys listening to the podcast. I would love for a review and rating. It always helps my podcast look better, more. I don't know if it really helps with the ratings. People say it doesn't actually, but it definitely is a vanity metric and it looks better if podcasts have ratings. So I appreciate that and I'm reading it and just know that I'm very thankful for you. Hey, and if you need help keeping track of your media pitches and what's what, go to emilyreaganpr.com slash pitch and you can download my podcast tracker and that will help you stay organized when it comes to tracking your efforts and seeing your results with your clients. Of course, you could use a tool like Asana or Trello or Airtable or whatnot to keep track of what you're doing, but I find a Google Sheet is pretty simple. Clients actually will look at it and be able to use it without their heads spinning. So go to com slash pitch That's a little free gift for you. Enjoy. So next week, we're talking to a podcaster herself, and I can't wait for you to hear her story and how she got started and has pivoted. She went from being in social media to being a podcaster. I think you're going to learn a lot, and you're going to be so inspired. So I'll see you next time ready to learn the digital marketing and social media skills that will get you hired online, head over to vacrashcourse.com where you can learn about my five-week program, the Digital Media VA Crash Course. Small business owners and solopreneurs want to hire someone who gets it and who can help them implement just about everything. They're looking for a magical assistant who does it all. With my comprehensive training, you can get your foot in the door and become the unicorn. Check out vacrashcourse.com. Hey, everyone. I'm Emily Reagan. I'm so excited to be with you today. Here's the thing. Okay, no. Let's start over. Media forums where there are contributing writers that actually Write the articles. No, that makes no sense. Hang on. There was something else I was going to say about email and it just popped out of my head. But that email, that is the ultimate pitch. Okay, now that's not what I'm trying to say.